are listening to the Might See TV podcast. I'm your host, Brian Finley, and each episode, a different guest will join me to discuss their favorite TV show. This is the podcast where we talk about your favorite TV programs over the last 40 or so years. So have a listen as our guest selects their favorite TV series, and we discuss one of their favorite episodes from that series. This week, we talk to Stephen Thomas and his favorite TV series of all time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hello there, and welcome back to uh, today's episode of Might See TV. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Brian Finley, but uh, today we have a very special guest, a Mr. Stephen Thomas. Say hello, hello. Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Just thought I was getting more of an intro, but go ahead. No, you're not going to get too much, um, but we're excited today. Uh, first of all, Stephen and I started off uh, earlier tonight. We uh, got a great Mexican dinner, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, very authentic. It was very authentic, um, but it's been exciting because, as you know, on this show, every week I talk to a different guest and we talk about their favorite television show, and... I was excited to hear what Steven's favorite show is, actually. Turns out it is... Uh, Steven, do you want to share with everybody? Yeah, actually, um, when you first asked me, I kind of had a question over time. I just think favorite of anything song, you kind of have to... So much of it is dictated on mood. Uh, growing up, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my probably my favorite show. Uh, and um, I definitely gave you that. I gave you some other options, but the time... We both jumped at Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and just to give anyone, like, uh, I went back and started rewatching some of the older episodes, questioning whether, like, it still held up, was still my favorite, and without a question, um, still is, and, uh, very glad that we decided to talk about that rather than, let's say, Lost or Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't remember you really weighing any other options. I feel you went straight. No, I said Lost, and you said you didn't want to talk about Lost. <laughs> I didn't. No. I did not say that. I, I'm perfectly happy to talk about Lost. But when you, you're right, though. When you brought up Buffy, I was absolutely excited because uh, I know less people who are into Buffy. I know it was very popular uh, when it started in 1997, but... I was excited for someone to bring that up because I thought it would be an interesting combo since personally it is a show that I never followed at all. With Lost, uh, I followed it fairly closely until season six and I'm sure well, you can talk about what stayed great about Lost, but <laughs> I disagree. Um, and Parks and Rec I love, but Buffy is exciting to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I can debate Lost uh, all night, realizing it will only get me to nine sets. But with Buffy, I actually think there was um, definitely a decade, pre, or probably before the binge era, that um, we had these shows that grew up on. I always hear, like, Party Five, Friends, that, like, people can poke holes at any one of those shows, and you're just like, no, that's my show. I mean, these are shows that we couldn't DVR, um, that you had to, like, be glued and ready to watch. And actually, when going back... I knew everything there was about Buffy. Granted, this, like you said, 1997, some of the facts have faded. But, um, like, this was a show that um, definitely kind of struggled in the beginning. But the episode that we're going to discuss, Innocence, um, is was their highest rated episode ever. And cool. it actually solidified it from Monday night to Tuesday night, which I think is kind of crazy. Like, something 
change nights. Hold on before we go there just yet. Yeah. So I want to hear about what was your... So what show, What night did the show originally air on? Monday nights. It was Monday nights. And how did you first start watching it? Was it, hey, I'm, I'm looking at the WB and it was just on? Um, so no, to give you... So I was in the sixth grade season one. It was on Monday nights, mid-season premiere. Um, at the time, it was on the WB, which I, probably their only big show was like Seventh Heaven. Um, I think it actually premiered after Seventh Heaven. And uh, you, you had to watch Seventh Heaven that night. No, actually, so no, Buffy, was, Buffy was word of mouth uh, completely. <laughs> uh, I was terrified of vampires growing up. Um, the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode with vampires, uh, pretty much I didn't sleep for like three days after watching it. Um, really? And so I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the original one that Josh Whedon did, um, and it was kind of like the funny take on horror. Um, and so that to me kind of made it a little like I I was much more open to the concept of vampires because it wasn't just terrifying. Uh, show premiered and a kid um, Matthew Zarebeck that it was like, hey, you know they made a show based on that movie. You should check it out. It's actually pretty good. And the first one I watched with my mom was one where a ventriloquist dummy comes to life in season one. And ever since then was glued. Got it. So that was season one. And you just, you randomly saw it. A friend was like, oh, hey, like, vampires are kind of interesting. You might find this interesting. There it was. And the benefit back then was uh, during the summer, as a sixth grader, because you had nothing to do, uh, they all the shows would replay, and that's how you caught up on your show. And that's how I caught up, because I caught it like towards it, I think, second from last episode, watched that, watched the season finale, and then over the summer, caught up on season one, was ready uh, to season two. But um, And then season two, really Buffy was, uh, as sad as it might be, um, was like consumed an enormous amount of my life. At the time, I had moved, my parents had moved, um, grew up in Michigan, and I... Moved to a school where I only knew one person, didn't have a lot of friends, very similar to what Buffy had to do. She moved to a, uh, so as ridiculous as it is, like, I could at least find uh, some interest, as well as Buffy was like three years older than us, so for me it was just like this awesome prospect of like what teenage adolescence was, because um, at the time I realized like Saved by the Bell and that like wasn't realistic in any sense. Not that Buffy was. But it allowed you, like, that's how teenagers talk, and you're yeah. like, that was cool, and that's how they dressed, and that was cool. Yeah. That's interesting. My first my first experience that I heard about Buffy, I, I had heard about it, and, well, so, going back to just the movie, uh, Luke Perry was in the mm -hmm. original movie. Pike. Yes. I grew up a big 90210 fan, so I had to go see the movie. I didn't see it in the theater, because... I don't know. It wasn't in the theater very long. It did not do well. Uh, it did very terribly. And then I saw it, and it was like, yeah, okay, that's a movie. Great. Didn't wasn't like either impressed or not impressed by it. It was just like, oh, you know, I was probably in seventh grade at the time when the movie came out. And then I recall I was I think I was a sophomore in high school, and the show came out on the WB. Are you that much older than me? Yeah. I was in high school. I was in school. And my friend, I was over at her house, and she's like, oh, my brother, we have to take Buffy the Vampire Slayer for my brother. I remember I was in shock, like, 
people watch that show. Because mm-hmm. A, WB, like, not a lot of strong shows initially. But do you know what came on after Buffy in season two? Seventh Heaven? Dawson's Creek. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, so Dawson's Creek started season two, or was season two of Buffy, like, same year? 80% sure, yes. Okay, then I was a freshman when Buffy came out. Okay. Because Dawson, I was... Yeah, you're only two years older than me. Three years Wait. Three years no, no. I was a sophomore when Buffy came out, because Dawson came out my junior year. Uh, but that's, that's interesting. I just didn't... Uh, I was surprised that anyone would be into this show because of the movie that it came off of that didn't do very well. But it had a fan base. I don't did I don't even think I think I read what's Joss Whedon, is that how I say his name correctly? I think that he actually didn't even like the take that they did on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously the writing was still his. Like people said it was written great just not done well or took too much of a comedic tone. Yeah, he always kind of wrote it for it to be a show, made it a movie. Obviously, he was super young at that time and kind of just did it to do it. Um, Made the movie, realized it didn't translate well, but I believe at the time his wife kept pushing him to be like, you have this idea made, or what is it, movie to TV, made for TV, like happens all the time, even though he didn't want to be associated with that. um, It was push it onto WB and at the time WB was like similar to what like CW is now. It was like going for anything to appeal to that genre and they just kind of like took it and he had a lot of creative freedom with it. Um, and then the rest is history. Yeah. He was, he was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know his exact age, but that's, that's pretty cool. This is, like, before Avengers. This is before, like, I mean, the man can do... He's anything. the Avengers person? So he wrote the Avengers. Avengers. Uh, got $100 million for that in Avengers, too. Uh, so he literally, he will joke that he can do whatever movie he wants because he has nothing to do. Captain America Civil War. Is that him? No, that's the guys that did the Arrested Development. Oh, Okay. I didn't know that. So he got fired after he quit after Avengers 2 because he didn't get along with the mouse. That's a Mickey Mouse Walt Disney job. He didn't get along with Disney. All right. Well, that is just some background. That's good um, to Uh, learn. Fun fact on the show, though. Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, famously, she went for the role of Cordelia. If you watch, you can actually WB, or I guess it would be CW at this point, release the pilot episode. Uh, which never aired, uh, but it's I think like thirty five minutes, and there's a lot of different different, different Willow, um, I believe different Giles at the time, but yeah, um, she went for the role of Cordelia, and they wanted her. Buffy. I was curious. Uh, I noticed that in the show Buffy, she's wearing uh, she's always wearing a cross around her neck, and I'm familiar with the movie Cruel Intentions. And it, are you familiar at all? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I, know, I know that she also has a cross in Cruel Intentions, I think. Yeah. And yet I think she uh, has cocaine within it. Yeah. Didn't know if they were, you know, making... Probably holy water. Uh, but, yeah, no... Uh, Just the, if it was a reference to, like, no, the, hey, she's always wearing crucifixes that. are very helpful. Like, uh, for me, example, uh, I used my parents' crucifix to use Elf on the Shelf one night. So you can really uh, have a diverse options with a crucifix. Wait, you use crucifix a crucifix to do Elf on the Shelf? 
Yeah. Um, Wait, you were young enough to have an Alphonse shelf? Like last year. I thought I was. Oh, for like one of your nephews. Yes. Not for you. No. No. I mean, the Alpha- joke was mostly for me. Okay. Elf on the Shelf didn't My mom exist when I was a kid. Yeah, it didn't, actually. Well, I, I didn't I didn't have it. My, the neighbor kid had it, and I was just like, well, you kind of suck if your parents need, like, that's yeah. what they need to do to get you to behave. Or like, It must have come out a few years, like, two years after me. I never Probably. heard of it. Or if it was going around, it was in, like, exclusive neighborhoods where parents were, like, ready to do something for their child. Yeah, really uh, early adopters. Yes, exactly. Um... So I'm looking at the show. No, this is exactly how it should be going because it's just to talk about really the show and why people love it. Um, So as you mentioned earlier, uh, today we're going to be walking through a bit of uh, episode 14 of season two, which is called Innocence. Uh, I had not seen it. So my my whole background with Buffy is I have now seen basically the pilot, uh, done some reading up on the show, familiar with it just from life. But don't have all the extensive background. Don't even probably need it. I'm sure all Stephen and all of the true fans out there are like, no, you need to know every. So you didn't have the Slayer Handbook. I don't have the Slayer Handbook guide of the first three seasons. It's no pretty good read. I'm gonna need to get that. Um, But we can just kind of walk through episode, call out key beats that. you know, as it went through, things we noticed, things that were like, oh, hey, uh, this day and age, things have really changed. Fashion. Uh, well, I think you, you called that on the episode, and I don't mean to jump ahead. Um, something I've said about every every time I explain Buffy is what I love about Buffy is the entire show uh, wouldn't really exist in modern day. And because almost every show would end five minutes in if they had cell phones. And you made the call about, like, and we'll talk more about, like, almost the behavior of that, but it's, like, almost every episode is, like, oh, where did Willow go? Oh, I hope she's not with that vampire. Oh, let's go to Willow's house, but she's not there yet. Where else would she go? Oh, walk through the cemetery. Like, every single one would have ended with, Willow, he's a vampire. Okay, I'll leave. Done. Like, uh, and I think cell phones were introduced, like, season seven, and, um, but they're almost every episode as you watch you're just like oh this would be easy cell phones they would have been like in this episode uh it's the famous episode where angel turns evil uh that mass text message of just he went angel bad uh would have saved a lot of aggravation and guessing i guess they just have to create an entire premise that vampires and you know uh, forces of the big bad can actually prevent text messages from being sent through like they would just have to create some sort of rule that like they're able to prevent text messages from being sent through to certain people's phones there would just be a lot of oh no you don't have to check your phone like when he's like luring her into a dark alley no don't worry about that oh your friend's just kidding right because teenagers not checking their phones or really 30 year olds not checking their phones that doesn't really I have three text messages as we do this that I will not read till tonight so well Steven, you are just uh, an example of a, an outlier, I think. I think people are checking their phones a lot. Absolutely. like that's. It was just like constant luring. Oh, we have to go run to that person to tell them dangers on the way. It's, um, it's something that I'm like, yeah, five years later, and you would have lost a lot of story arcs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the show opens, and essentially... 
there's some woman in a red dress. We learned her name's Drusilla, basically, from Stephen. Uh, I don't know if they ever really said her name. I'm sure they did at some point. And she starts crying. She's like, oh, Angel! And she's pretty dramatic. Uh, yes. Very dramatic. And she's like, oh gosh, Angel has turned. Uh, to give you some backstory on why that's so important. Um, is it? No. Uh, but you kind of clued into it is, so Angel, so there's something called Sires. It's when you turn someone in a few minutes into a vampire. Uh, and there's like this immediate loyalty that comes from them because of the person that turned you. Um, and so Angel turned her. Uh, oh. And, but before he did that, he drove her insane. Uh, so he tortured her, killed her family. Drove her totally insane, and so she's a little loopy, looking like someone that's had way too much medication. Like it's because he drove her insane, and but she can also do things like um, have premonitions, uh, see in the future, etc. Um, she created Spike, the guy in the wheelchair, and so thus the joke is always like uh, Angel Spike's grandpa, um, and that's why he treats him like like a like a little brother. Um, but she has a loyalty more to Angel, even though Spike like loves her. Okay, so a lot going on there, mm-hmm. a lot. And if anyone listening, if there is a listener, uh, was worried about spoilers, uh, you should be because we're talking about anything in the show, and anything really goes. Yeah. So don't uh, don't get offended if we bring up something yeah, that happens in season seven. Fun fact: we're like the twentieth anniversary of that show premiering too. That episode, man, past it. Uh, no. Yeah, if it started in nineteen ninety seven, we're in twenty eighteen. Uh, Mid season. Yeah, in 1997. I looked it's it up on IMDb. It was like 1998, no, January, no, February. Even. It started in January, 1997. Right. Um, yeah, so if you haven't gotten to that episode yet, you're actually <laughs> listening to this. It was a terrible decision. But, you know, I think there's a 20 year rule. Uh, January of 1997 is when it premiered. Um, so Buffy, like, all right, so it turns out they show, well, really in the preview, they show, like, oh, hey, look, these two hooked up. Mm-hmm. And they show him an Angel's sort of, like, depressing apartment or house or whatever. Can't have windows. He's a vampire. Well, it's, he can still have decor. He does. He has all that, like, Asian decor. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Is he actually from Asia? Are we going to learn eventually? Uh, maybe. No. Um, and then Buffy, uh, our first shot of Buffy in this episode is she's returned home and she's going up the stairs and she's coming down the stairs acting like, oh, hey, I was at home all morning and I just got back, I believe. So I thought that until I rewatched the episode, um, I think her mom expects her to come in the morning because she thinks she slept at Willow's. Either way, I still feel her hair is like kind of perfectly done. Like, they're trying to be like, look, it's not perfect, but it's still a little perfect. Uh, are you saying that it shouldn't be... She, it should have faked it? <laughs> I'm saying her hair wouldn't be that perfect no, the next morning. It would be because previous episodes, she got thrown into a lake or body of water by a bunch of vampires. Her and Angel had to go to his place to change into clothes. And they did She that. had sex. Then they showered. Oh, they did. Uh, he, she did. And that's why she has perfect hair. So she she showered in the last episode, like before she went home. I would. Assume. And they showed this. 
Uh, they didn't. It was the WB, so they weren't just showing her showering. <laughs> no, I don't think they were showing her showering, but they show her go into a shower. No, but that's the assumption. That's no, no one's going into a shower. Okay, so she has sex she's with a sixteen-year-old girl. This so she had sex. Or no, but she did have a shower before the sex. And um, yeah, so she's looking show. a little too perfect because this is the next morning. Mm-hmm. Little too perfect, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and how old is she supposed to be? How old is she turning? Sophomore. She's probably turning 16. Oh, sorry. She's a junior. In this season two, she's a junior. So turning 16 or 17. Yeah, we don't know for sure. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's very concerned and she wished Angel would contact her once she's at school. Like, she sees Willow and she's like, Angel hasn't contacted me. But let's be honest, it's only been six hours. Girl has needs, buddy. Uh, I know you don't know. Um, actually, let's even take it one step back. It's like, so the idea of uh, Angel and Buffy have sex, uh, his whole soul is removed, he goes evil, or one moment of happiness. Right. Like, the standard that's set for how sex will be is... Um, just kind of incredible is that you would actually lead to one moment of happiness uh, on your first try too. But he hasn't contacted her for just six hours, and they don't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. So this is like suddenly this dramatic premise. It was they both had a complete exist. moment of happiness. You think they want to hear from one another? How? I like, would he call her before school? Also, that's another question from just seeing the first episode. Is Angel? How old is Angel supposed to be? Like two hundred seven years. How old is he supposed to look? Like when? Thirty-two. He's supposed to be thirty-two. Yeah, probably twenty-five. All right. I don't know. David Boreanaz hasn't really aged in the past twenty years. That's fine. So let's say he's twenty-five and he's now hooking up with a seventeen-year-old. Did people have issues with this? Yeah, they had a lot of jokes about actually even go one step further as a two hundred seven-year-old hooking up with a sixteen-year-old. Like there is a ton of jokes in that about that throughout the entire episode. I think even in the next one, um, Oz, Seth Green's character. And Willow are dating. Oz is one year older than her. He's a senior. And she makes a joke about dating an older guy. And Buffy's just like, are you kidding? My boyfriend just celebrated his bicentennial. So. Got it. Well, that is... That's good stuff. Um, Willow goes on the phone in the library. um, And she is... I I think... Oh, no. Before that, even, uh, we find out that Evil Angel is back. Yep. Um... So he once existed. Have you ever seen Evil Angel before this? Or is this your first time in in all of Buffy season Likely two? just a flashback, but probably not. Like, this probably is our first time seeing Angelus. 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 Because that's his evil Angelus. name. Angelus. Angelus is his evil name. And he can make his face all crazy when he's evil. Uh, so to, to get, like, the distinction between, like, vampire and not... Rather than it just being fangs, uh, they had a more like uh, animalistic face, so a person would phase. Uh, so that's when his face turned. It was more like um, like snakes, their fangs grow or something. It's more like they're about ready to hunt and kill. Um, but the bigger indicator, which I would be interesting if you notice, is um, there's three things that signal when a person's gone bad in this. Uh, first, name change, Angel Dane. And jealous. Uh, so, second, he now wears leather pants instead of plain pants. I noticed the leather uh, pants. And he opens the episode by smoking twice in the first five minutes. Because that's what all bad guys do. He leather was smoking? Uh, so when he killed this first woman, 
he she takes a puff of a cigarette and he thus absorbs it through her esophagus of some sort. But then he when he walks into the factory with Drusilla and Spike, he then lights a cigarette that he must have gotten off stole off of her. Okay, so they showed. I didn't even realize they showed him smoking. That's how you they, know that guy. He either had a, an eye patch or smoked cigarettes. And we know this day and age, they would never have a teen on any of these current teen dramas. They would not show a teen smoking. I don't. Think. Well, Angel was two hundred seven years. It was okay. That no. and he killed a woman of. The He's night. hanging out with teenagers, Stephen. That like that would just be any network television standard would be like no we're not showing smoking in this episode, I would think don't you no uh, to to go way off topic issues Constantine's a comic book character that's notorious for smoking uh, NBC did a TV show and for the was first that a teenager so, no but they exactly. wouldn't allow but they won't allow smoking on no no so it's, you can't smoke so the character on what's it called like it's not a broadcast ABC Fox and network. Network. Yeah. Um, Network television. They, uh, you can't show smoking at all. So his whole thing, they actually had to end up writing into it, which would be him putting a c- unlit cigarette in his mouth, or him holding a lighter, or him... Like, no, right now, that's just not even a lot, which I think is dumb, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but they really wouldn't even reference. I was watching... A few years ago, I was watching The O.C., and, like, the main character, Ryan in episode one is smoking and I was pretty shocked because I don't feel they would even groundbreaking be television right there. That well, probably was the last year it was a lot. It could have been. It really might have been. Let's be honest, smoking's cool. Um, um it was. It is. It, I guess it still is. Um Willow so Willow then is like in the library, the whole crew is, it's uh it's Willow, uh Giles, Xander, yeah. Um Cordelia and she's on the phone with Buffy. Buffy's not in the scene. She mustn't have been available for filming. Also, they must have had to move it really quick because every time Allison Hannigan is saying something, there's no way someone on the other end of that phone has answered because she's just like saying each statement. And it's like, give them, give them a little time to answer. Sometimes hate that when uh, a character doesn't know to uh, wait to actually hear the response. But then that's just like dead TV. Yeah, well, uh, then get Buffy to film the other side of it so that we can hear her answer. Uh, but she wasn't available. That's all I can assume right there. Well, everyone's at school and Buffy isn't, which I guess is the premise. In itself, is kind of odd. Um, like, yeah. wouldn't she be there with them? Yes, that's pretty odd, too. Um, hey, but the show can't be perfect, am I right? That's right. Um, Willow sees Cordelia and Xander kissing. I think she was also shocked that Xander looks to be about 35. Like, she, she looked very, very shocked, and I don't know if she was just realizing at that moment, like, wow, Xander, you're 35. Um, to think I once, like, wanted to dress and look like Xander, too. Um, I gave a picture of him when I, my hair was really long in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and cut, I was like, oh, the baggy sweater look, that's awesome. Yeah, two sizes too big. It uh, was it was one of those sweaters that now I'm like, wow, that is one ugly sweater. Yeah. But you absolutely know that in 1997 or 1998, like that was cool. It's just it's like a, a mustard yellow. It's got wool, a stripe on it. Like stripes only at the bottom, uh, and then he has like just a plaid shirt and a different neon shirt under it. Like 
His look was not to match. Yeah. And it doesn't, these sweaters, they don't even look comfy. They look scratchy. Like you'd have it on and like, yeah, it's comfortable in that it's not like tight, but it's not a very like uh, cottony material. It's like scratchy, I can just tell. It was in. Um, later in the episode, he's wearing a button up and didn't have his like uh, cuffs uh, button. Uh-huh. And he's just like, his arms, whenever he does motion, I'm just like, it just looks very annoying to have an oversized shirt that isn't even buttoned uh, at the <laughs> wrist, but. No. And he and Cordelia are together. How long in the series are they? Are they uh, like? Are they a staple in the show, or is it just season like- one? They everyone hated Cordelia. She was really mean to Buffy. Yeah. Um, end of season one, Cordelia gets like trapped by vampires. Buffy saves her, so she decides so to, like now she knows the world. She exists. knows vampires exist as well. She doesn't hate Buffy um, because Buffy saved her life, and then so she kind of wants to be like, I want to help out. Um, later, maybe that's like three or four episodes in, mm-hmm. um, or back from that episode is her and Xander get trapped, um, some demon traps them in a basement, and uh, like anything, you decide to just make up. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised that she stays. And just from seeing the pilot, I was like, I don't know if this character is gonna stick around. Is she? But. Uh, here we are, season two, middle of the season. Oh, and she's buddy. Still there. She made it to s- through season three of Buffy. And I guess I four seasons of Angel. To see, oh, wow. Yeah. She went on to the spinoff. Yeah. I know that all Just, of the characters appear on the spinoff. Like, they'll have, like, moments. Not at maybe every Yeah. Time, but it's very common. Uh, they wanted one more familiar face. She isn't in the spinoff pilot episode. She comes at a later time because they wanted one more familiar face for that show. And it just made sense because... She would be like play the struggling actress role. Yeah, and did did Joss go over and yeah, you do Angel. He did. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Angel? Do you enjoy that show or are you bored by it? Oh no, I thought Angel was probably. Uh, if you look at uh, so Buffy, definitely like seasons one through three is better. Buffy as a whole had some really weak seasons. Season five, season six. Uh, season seven's okay, but it's just kind of a closure season. It's the last one. Uh, Angel, on the other hand, had like just five good seasons, um, and his character like matured. And there's definitely some weak plots, like every twenty-two episode season show has. But um, I probably enjoyed Angel more than every episode of Buffy. Um, but if I had to take the best of each, like season two of Buffy, got best. That's interesting. I've never heard that many people talk about the series Angel. Mm-hmm. No. I feel you'll hear people talk about Buffy. I've, I've never heard you bring up the series Angel. Yeah. Uh, Maybe so you're lying right now. That you no. Know. I know that you're not. No, I just... It worked really well. Um, the premise was Angel, Buffy realizes that they can't live in... He gets his soul back. They realize they can't... They can't Whoa! Wait, hold on. So he doesn't have his soul for, like, a lot of Buffy? I thought this would be, like, two episodes. Half season. Half season. Okay, and then he gets So end of season two, he gets his soul back, but she stabs him in the heart. Of course. Um, Kills him as he's getting it back. He comes back. They realize that their relationships are really complicated. Um, And so he decides to move to L.A. (laughs) Um... I, what's his reasoning for LA? Is he trying to be an actor and the only lights he can be under are stage lights? So what's funny is you mentioned that is again, 
Josh like realizes these things are really like there are jokes where actually one guy's like uh, you're a vampire and you move to the sunniest city in the U.S. Like why aren't you in Alaska? Um, yeah. Like they, they, he writes in these little jokes, but but he moves to L.A. opens up. Well, actually, Denver is the sunniest. Um, that wouldn't have made it easy for crossover <laughs> episodes. Um, but yeah, Josh basically they. Uh, he goes and opens a private detective agency, which allows him to do like case by case. But most of them are all supernatural cases. My there's a ghost in my house. My kid's a demon. Blah blah blah. But um, it allows them to do a different kind of monster of the week thing. I had no idea. I had no idea it was halfway decent as a show. Yeah. So good to know. Good to know. I I will be checking Angel out. There you go. Well, in five years or something, when I can get around to it. When they just stop making TV shows because every idea has been done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we meet a girl and her uncle. Oh, so no, it wasn't a girl. It was Miss Calendar. <laughs> and here was my thing. Like, Miss Calendar's in an earlier scene. And I thought she was one of the students. And I was like, who are they trying to fool? They've got old Xander, who's 30-something. And then this woman, you know... She looks great for whatever age she is. I thought she was closer to 38, maybe 40. But I thought she was playing a student because she doesn't... She has, like, a couple of lines. I figured, oh, if she knows about the vampires, then she's got to be one of these students. So I was a little thrown off there. And Giles, I just figured he's the only adult that really knows what's going on. Apparently I'm wrong. That's Miss Calendar. Mm -hmm. Spelt like calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so at first when I asked her, I'm like, what is this, what's this character's name? And you're like, Miss Calendar. I thought she was a student that people were calling Miss Calendar. So I was very, uh, surprised. Very attractive computer and teacher. Very obvious name because she does take an alias as she is a gypsy. Um, it's, Miss Calendar has a good run. Cool. I'll have to keep seeing Miss Calendar, I suppose. Not for many more episodes. Well, for another one or two. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, then they're showing, the, you know, oh gosh, they show the night of passion between Buffy and Angel and these things you can just roll your eyes at. But they show the, uh, is it a K-lead ring? I forget what you call yeah, it. It's the uh, Irish night of passion, though, fun fact, because I did a little bit of research before this. I didn't. And he wanted to know what a night of passion was. Yeah. <laughs> Turns <laughs> out, not hard to find on the internet. Um, but uh, Josh and his wife at the time made all the moaning noises because he was too embarrassed to ask uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Boreanaz to mic over, especially because... Well, Sarah was young, right? Yeah, she was probably 17, 18 at the time. Um, but he just felt it was like kind of inappropriate, and um, he didn't want to ask, so they did all the voiceover work for that passion scene. That is some of the best voiceover work I've seen in a long time. Uh, the ring, though, those rings, uh, those were very popular. Actually, so that was my first time seeing it. Uh, like, that's a ring grade, six or something grade. Later, like, after I saw it, I think it's just one of those things that once you see it, you notice it more. Because whenever a time I saw it, I was like, no, that that's a very special ring Angel gave off. I don't know, your uncle didn't give that to you. Like, I you thought just, everyone was like, there was this mass production of the Buffy ring. Yeah, like maybe like production uh, accelerated, but I was like, no, that's, that's a, cause now I have helped, I'm sure looking, it helped. Looking back, when he gives her that ring, she could have easily looked at it and been like, everyone has this fucking ring. Like, w this isn't a special. Now we have to go explicit on ah, lyrics, sorry. thank um, you. So everyone has this ring and this is at every knockoff, like jewelry store, whatever. 
uh, I now realize that that ring is so common that it shouldn't have been so because he explains it in the episode. Yeah. Um, but in all actuality, uh, at the time it was my first, so I bought his line hook line sticker. Hey, that's. I'm glad you did. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, I put get to Miss Calendar. Uh, I don't know why. Oh gosh, but then Giles is like, oh, she's talking to Miss Calendar. Giles is there too, and Miss Calendar she is really explaining what happens. It's like, oh, if Angel has like a moment of true happiness, he becomes Angelise essentially. Mm-hmm. And Giles is so enamored by this, he removes the glasses. I think it's the first time I've seen the glasses removed. And he was, no, it's not really, but he really reacted that way. Like, oh, Buffy has had sex, I'm removing my glasses. He hasn't figured out she had sex yet. He's more of... He's, he's, he's putting it together. He's putting it together um, that that something happened. um, Because... It's that one moment of happiness. To some men, they might just not understand that that's what that is. Um, but Angel's better than all of us. And so... Seth Green shows up mm-hmm. uh, with his, the whole crew is in a van. Uh, it was good to see Seth Green. I, uh, I knew he was on the show, uh, so that was cool to see him show up. I didn't know when he shows up because he's not in the pilot. Another person that's like... 25, 26 while filming. Yeah, but he doesn't look it, so it's okay. He looks pretty young. And there's a whole scene with him and Willow in the van. Uh, When does Willow come out? Is Is it much later? Season four or five. Okay, okay. I just knew that Willow is a lesbian, but didn't see, uh, didn't see... You know, she seemed to possibly like Seth. broke her. So Seth Green's character is Oz. He plays a year older. He's like the cool grunge band guy that is very articulate, as I've known from this episode. Um, handled being alone in a car with the girl probably better than I could right now mm-hmm. um, as far as articulating his feelings towards her. And uh, he's basically just like the uncool, cool guy. Willow likes him a lot. Um, they date very. S- oh, um, next episode you find out uh, he was babysitting and got bit by a child werewolf, and so he becomes a werewolf. Whoa! I did not expect this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go into because uh, everyone also needs a thing. Like if you realize everyone, because yeah, Willow's going to become Giles. a witch. Right? Willow becomes a witch. Xander has that. Uh, Season seven, name. Xander's like the hero, right? Like yeah. he ends up doing something that's great um, which we don't have to go into on him but yeah everyone has something like you get seven episodes 140 some episodes or seven seasons everyone has to have he becomes a werewolf Uh, Giles uh, loses the glasses eventually picks up the guitar and becomes uh, uh, (laughs) that thing what is young Giles called like in the they were gonna create an actual uh, so there's series with Giles. Uh, Rupert is his name. It's like he's, Stabber, or I don't know what it is. I it, um, it. Yeah, it's basically growing up, he was like a punk rocker and uh, against all this. Learns like dark black magic um, to re- re- rebel against the cause and anarchy. Um, then you later find out he summons a demon that kills a bunch of people. Then he basically is like reformed from that. In terms of him being a character, do you find, you know, as you watch the show, would he 
be presented on the screen and would you go, ugh, a Giles scene? Or were you like, oh, I enjoy Giles? Uh, I definitely enjoy Giles as more. You've, like, yeah, I definitely enjoy, enjoy Giles more like seasons four, five, six, because he wasn't so much of a pushover. Um, he, yeah, pilot episode, I'm kind of like, great, Giles. He's just like a weird, weird again. Anytime that there's like, it goes back to like, uh, like the Steve Urkel nerd, Screech nerd. Like anyone that's like, nerds, this is how like, they're all weird and stuff like that. It was always just like, I just felt like it was a little too, laid on a little thick. Well, I um, wanted a lot of Urkel yeah, when I watched uh, Family Matters. With Giles, I always was like, oh, they're going to set someone up for a joke. Like but, he was the one that set everyone up for the, oh, Giles, that's so you. Um, but his, but actually, as I rewatched a couple episodes last night, mm-hmm. I realized um, the amount of stress his character must have been under in like in Buffy world, being that he was like, there are demons, why is no one taking this seriously? And they're all like, we're just gonna watch a movie tonight. Like every night he was like, no, they're gonna go out and kill your friends. And they're just like, but I just want like one night off. And he's like, the amount of stress of trying to corral a bunch of teenagers to give a shit, like that must have been, I don't know that they showed that enough or if I just didn't pay attention because I was I was a teenager. I'm like, oh, Giles, you're such a nerd. Yeah. I didn't know until watching the pilot that Buffy actually had some superpowers. Like, mm-hmm. so in, in the pilot, she's like jumping over a really tall fence. Yeah. Wasn't expecting this of Buffy. I just thought, okay, great. She knows about the vampires and like tries to kill them. Didn't know she was stronger. Yeah, it just natural. never would have portrayed really well because uh, she's li- like that judge character we watched tonight is like three times her size bigger than you and I yeah. now and the idea of like her kicking there had to be something more to it so the whole thought is every generation a slayer is born that they just get heightened sense right. so that more clearly you were like mumbling it there's like the intro to every episode in season one is like the myth of which is like every generation a slayer is born protect itself from the vampires and other demons blah 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 um and so they're just given height and sense so that way they can basically fight, but it allows them to get a little more interesting with stunt work and stuff like that because there is a lot of like, she backhands someone and they fly across the room. Yes. Um, okay. There's a lot of that. And so the thought you're always just like, she's got super strength. Yeah. Uh, we get to the mall and big showdown, she, shoot, she ends up shooting. That one question guy. though, yeah. when uh, Oz, so they basically go to find the main villain, judge, track him down to f- where the hi- villain hideout is because there has to be one. Um, and they're like, the whole judge thing is he can kill mass amounts of people at once. And so they're like, uh, where would they be? Uh, the bronze. The bronze was a club that teenagers. Did yes. you go to a club on like every single night? We went to not every single. I know they went to like to they went the to the bronze, bronze and like episode every two. single night, and they were just drinking coffee and listening to music. Right. I hated coffee until I was like in middle of college. Yeah, you know, you would go and get like a mocha and like something very chocolatey. But you wouldn't get a hot chocolate, you would get the mocha because that sounds very much more sophisticated in the 90s. This is what you did. I was a little older, so I expe- I was there. Yeah, you guys are like... We went to a club in St. Louis called Club Energy, Club NRG, and it was, it was 14 to 16 year olds like going to a club. 
And um, it was pretty sad. Not that anyone in my hometown would listen to this, but if you knew where teenagers went uh, while I was in high school, I would love to know. I wasn't invited. No, they were hiding from me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I were, was like calling, like, where are you guys? And no one knew. No, no, yeah, I was, uh, we were sitting in our basements playing guitars or eating Flaming Hot Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Like, yeah. that's... That's it. I didn't go out. I I was super bad. Was me. Like we would then pretend we went to parties, but yeah. really it was just us and the I only went to Club Energy a few times. Bank. <laughs> no, no, total. Because after you went a few times, you're like, oh, this was pretty lame, and it was. Like I remember being like, because this is obviously really before the internet, and that I was like, I can't wait to find my bronze. Like in middle school watching, I was just like. This is gonna be off. Like I'm gonna have to fight my parents to stay home. That what that didn't exist. Did you watch Full House at all? Yeah. Because Uncle Jesse makes a club for like teenagers and like this, the I last two seasons. All sorts of red flags. And it's called the Smash. Club. <laughs> it is all sorts, but it's called the Smash Club, and it's and they've got you know Kimmy Gibbler works there. They've got a they've got a coffee machine and the kid like a band will come and perform. Uh, in one episode, they get REM to perform, but not REM like the band. It's actually Renee, Ethel, and Martha. But they thought they were booking REM. Um, so that is it's just what they did in the nineties. They would have you go to a club on a TV show where none of it wasn't a real club. Gotcha. That's, I'm just interested to know more about energy. Um, I, I thought for sure you were going to say the same as me and be like, no, that club didn't exist. And the fact that it threw me way off. I mean, I went a few times. It was, there was another place called In Cahoots. I never went. Uh, you had two. As far as I know, I had zero. I think In Cahoots was only open on Sunday nights because typically it was usually a bar. Okay. And so you would only go in the summer to In Cahoots and that would be on Sunday nights. But if we ever had a holiday, like President's Day, which is coming up, that is a night you could possibly Nice, nice drop for those that didn't know. Yeah, so uh, those listening who are clubbers and 14 in cahoots, uh, that's where you go. I, okay, except if it's President's Day. Yeah, that I'm sure course. that place doesn't exist now. Um, so they have the showdown, then Buffy... Oh, so, uh, sorry, I'll go back to my question. Oz goes, uh, yeah, um, they'll... Where else would people line up? And when he said that, did you think of something in your head? Uh, I remember when I watched it thinking I think like, I thought movies because what else is going on in Sunnydale? Yeah. Um, a concert. So basically, for I was just like thought it was going to be some like uh, bake sale at the high school. Because a lot of, almost every demon fight was either at the cemetery, the high school, or the bronze. Like, for first three seasons, just rotated those three. So immediately I was like, what can they put at the high school? Thinking like, that's, yeah, it's got, it's better than no one's lining up the center. When they said that, I was like, oh, awesome, change of scenery here. And yeah. it's sunny. Yeah. What's the explanation for nobody remembering these things? Oh, so it's actually really well. They um, threw out, so there's this character, Principal Snyder, and his, him in the mayor's office, they know about this. And they're constantly covering it up. Well, there were 50 people at this, I don't know, movie thing. Yeah, there were probably um, even more. So, the one th- man died. One man died. <laughs> so, like, are people like, what happened to it my... It was a lot of... It's a man um, with a briefcase who, uh, he kind of looked a little like Ben Stein. Walked towards the blue demon. <laughs> he was just like, I'm just gonna go. He wasn't particularly hey, It's a lot of gangs and costumes. A lot of them are gangs and costumes. 
and PCP related. Anything that was involved strength or craziness, they'd be like, ah, it's a PCP, does it to kids. Uh, and then anything that they'd just be like, ah, games like draw, uh, dressing up. Um, this season they start to move more into like the uh, demons out in the open first season. There, it was like, you easily saw how like no one knew about it. This one, like next episode, werewolf drops into the bar. That one's a little easier because you just be like, it's a giant wolf. This one, the mall was like the first episode that it was like enlightening that we saw vampires and then a demon out in the open. Um, they don't really, I guess the assumption is uh, people were out of it after being zapped by the judge. Yeah. Um, and they didn't realize what was going on. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a couple, surprisingly, that's not what everyone's gripe is on the show. Uh, everyone's gripe is the part where they're like, we're going to go, Cordelia go change into something trashy. Trashy. Er. No, that's not it. It's that well, it goes it's, from yeah. daylight to night really quickly. That's something you would be annoyed by. I wasn't, I didn't even know about it um, during research because I thought we'd talk about like uh, hiccups. All three hiccups, I was like, these are so dumb. The rocket explodes before it hits the judge. That was actually a special effects issue that they needed to have. Um, and the other one is you can see Drusilla's reflection in his armor. I'm like, people are psycho. Like, yeah, I get annoyed by obvious, but that's like some zoom in. This is a WB stuff. show in 1997. So you uh, you should have. Yeah, I guess you have nothing else to do. You should absolutely have no. Well, the fact is, yes, you can notice these things, but you can't have expectations of them. Like the fact of oh, a bazooka being shot and what it looks like and the lasers going into people and if you're like well that's not what a laser would really do yeah well that's yeah those are the show. people that also were invited to the bronze like myself <laughs> I true. I didn't uh, get that articulate but they did uh, overall uh, oh and then uh, we do see a showdown with Angel and Buffy um, she says or he says you can't kill me and she says give me time which I think is just alluding to you know that jerk boyfriend that, uh, you know, girls might have found themselves having sex with, and she's like, I'll get back at you. Give me time. And she is going to be pissed off, I think, for a little while, and she's going to get revenge on him. Yeah, the only thing I thought was kind of interesting, the car ride home, Giles says these next couple months are going to be rough. Like, he's foreshadowing it's going to take her months, which right now it's February when it airs. He basically was like, the season finale of this year in your life will end with you kid. Not like, oh, we'll do this again next week. He very soon foreshadowed. I was like, that's gonna take some months. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. She crushed him, or uh, he crushed her, and uh, you just don't rebound from that kind of love. And when they were having the showdown, I was confident they were going to have a scene, like, where one of the shots would be, would be where one of the characters is thrown up against a wall. Like, as they're fighting, like, then they'll cut to the character and they're, like, thrown against a wall because that happened about 50 times during the pilot. Every fight, like, one person would punch someone, they'd show them punch them, and then, like, the next shot would be, like, hitting the wall. They had, um, one thing I learned, they had very much special effects and fighting, like, budget problems. Um, I'm sure. To, which I always thought was kind of weird is, so when a vampire gets stabbed or killed, they turn to dust. Uh, that costs five thousand dollars per dusting, um, and my thought rebuttal to that is cool. But then wouldn't you just come up with a cheaper way? So any episode that like multiple people had to die, like you can tell, like this for a TV show in ninety eight, um, 
this episode's budget was probably incredibly high for at the time. Um, and so they they constantly talk about how Josh would say, like, uh, there's a lot of balancing on what they could do with other things. That's why they were really happy when WB sold them to UPN, uh, because their episode budget's, like, doubled. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah, they probably struck a deal. They're like, you want this show? You're yeah. going to have to pay. WB was very, like, it was a new network at the time. Yeah. They didn't have money, and they were very stringent with their bu- uh, with their episode budget. Yeah, and when they cast this show originally, these were all no-name people. They weren't, like, it wasn't a big name, and, hey, we're getting this big star, so we're going to put a ton of money into it. They didn't know what would happen. Agreed. Like, and that's where, like, you definitely, first couple seasons, there's... Um, tone lighting is very off. I actually think the lighting plays to its advantage because it's more darker, um, which is kind of the show. It helps reflect like the hardships that Buffy as a teenager goes through. There's a line in next week's next episode is um, where someone says like, because uh, she doesn't kill this demon at first. That every one that this demon kills, like your your uh, that. Anyone that they kill in the future, that the blood's on your hands. She's like, I live with this every day. She's a teenager, and I'm like, uh, every night that she's hunting vampires or monsters, they could go out and kill. But she eventually has to like, for her own sanity, get sleep, study, keep up in school. Um, so that dark tone definitely does help with um, getting a helping her not have like a bright and sunny outlook on life mm-hmm. um, because she does think like any day now she's gonna die. She becomes more confident later seasons. Well, she's also already died. Go Buffy. Um, and then we see the series end with her and her mom. Blah, blah. Or not the series, but the episode. Yeah, it's, uh, she's been a bur- There was a lot of times where I was like, even she says that thing about like, I got older. Like, how's your bu- birthday, Buffy? Got older. Let's just watch the candle burn. I'm like, God, my mom would have been like, are you okay? Yeah, she was, she was very depressed with her mother. Yeah. Uh, you know, her poor But maybe mom. that's what raising a daughter's like. Maybe that's what it's like. Maybe she was just like, I, you know, let's just wash this candle. Uh, did you ever feel... So, if you ranked this episode 1 to 10, what would you give it? 9 and a half. 9 and a half? And why is it losing the half point? And, you know. Um... I just thought... There's um, every show takes easy roads. The whole them stealing a rocket launcher uh, worked really well for the show. I remember seeing it and being like, "That was badass." Now we're watching it. And I'm like, "That was such a cop out." Like they almost like wrote the demon, and then we're like, "How do we kill it now?" If nothing killed it, and like it, the idea that like a bunch of them stole a rocket, um, yeah, it was taking much liberty. But overall, like, still wondering if the episode held up in the test time, like. It is, I think, a phenomenal episode. Uh, you definitely get a range of characters. You get, like, this is the one of the first episodes that, like, Giles truly is, like, isn't, like, shame on you, you're not taking this. He's just, like, completely empathetic to her, or empathetic towards her. And and so you definitely get, like, Willow, everyone kind of wears different roles in here. I'd probably say Xander is the only one that's kind of still Xander. Um, David Boreanaz's Angel does, like, a total flip. Uh, immediately went from that guy's cool too. I hate him so much. Um, but that could have been mostly due to the leather pants and smoking. Yeah. Uh, I think I would give it, I'd go, I'd give it a six. And this, that's actually very high because not, not because I have high standards, 
but because I'm taking this episode in as someone who has not watched up to this mm-hmm. episode, so the fact that it's up there, I think, says something. Personally, the production, it being 1997 and on TV, um, and it trying to be an action sort of mm-hmm. like an action drama. It's uh, hard for me to get fully invested. Yeah. Um, so maybe six and a half. I you know it's funny because there's other shows I could take and I take into account like oh well you know it was this year and that's just the way it was. But for some reason, on a show like this, where those type of things, like those visuals, would really make it like so supreme. Like if you, if they had this show now and they could do what they did with a show like Hannibal with uh, with Buffy, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, and they talk. They've been trying to revive it in some degree. A lot of it has been cartoon form, because um, then you don't have to like special effects. I appreciate a show even today uh, that doesn't go for the CGI route a lot. And so there's a lot of season three, they started to dabble then more into the CGI, the main villain is mm. CGI, um, where this is like the the judge at the end that gets blown, it's a statue. So it wasn't a CGI like total explosion. They, they made a special effects explosion and it was on a statue and that's what blew up. Um, so I probably more appreciate that, being that I just think CGI, especially up until maybe the past couple of years, has looked incredibly messy. Mm-hmm. It looks like a video game. Uh, but because of that, it also looks super silly when people are getting electricity going through them. Um, yeah. Because you can tell they're clearly like, now act like electricity is going through <laughs> you. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I have to ask, did, did Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever jump the shark? Do you feel it did? Do you know what that means? Yeah, it's yes, a reference know. to the fun. No, you know that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> do you ever feel it did? Were you ever watching? And I know you kept through it so for seven people, seasons. Um, people will probably reference the closest is her season four boyfriend. A uh, frat guy that turns into a secret underground demon army. Um, good guy, but like his name's Riley. They were just like that love angle lasted yeah. one I think it was only one season two lasted too long um, God. there were some weak villains there were some better villains um, I think there was just things they tried they tried to keep it original season six is very uh, dark and um, they just kept it the one episode watching it now um, the one where her mom dies mm-hmm. um, it's called The Body yeah it is there's almost almost no dialogue whatsoever yeah i've heard that it's incredibly eerie it's very like sad um yeah it's a season opener right it might be a season opener um i think it's like she thinks someone her mom is just acting sick she thinks someone like some demon put a spell on her she then realizes her mom i think has like a brain tumor or something there's no magical spell that changes it buffy now this is the first challenge where she can't like fix it with fists or magic and so she has to go there, and then her mom, she just finds her mom's body there one day. Got and it. it's super eerie. Um, Does the mom get a lot of storyline throughout the seasons? Because based on what I've seen, I don't feel that Joss Whedon really likes writing for her. No, I think um, Ted is one coming up. That's one that got a lot of critical praise. Uh, boyfriend that um, turns out to be bad. 
and so she does get like she has moments of the she series. gets more in season three so at the end of season two Buffy runs away and wait I want to say I think one of the coolest things is <laughs> not cool but I love that they bring in this sister Dawn and it's just like oh she's been here the whole uh, time that's probably actually when people would say jump the shark actually. got it um, not it wasn't I probably similar to any show like that wasn't not everything was complete shit after that but that's when they did. It made sense, like it was this mystical creature created, they rewrote history for it. But even as a person back then that watched it, and like the internet community didn't know a lot beforehand. So immediately I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, like when you see that episode, the, episode they, they don't like, even explain it. No, right? they were just like, it's done. So it ends one like season one or two premiere, or season four or five premiere. Uh, this girl comes down and she's like, what are you doing here, Don? And she's like, leave me alone, sis, or something like that. And they're like, what? Is she in from out of the town because her Buffy's <laughs> parents are divorced? You're like, where did I miss it? And the internet had nothing. You kind of had to wait to next week's episode. Yeah. Um, but that was one that no one really liked it. We understood why it had to happen. Um, Don just was super annoying for years. She was, she played the role of, because most of the, um, so Buffy was a very strong, independent woman, and if you think about, like, action at that time, most action was, like, at least what I was exposed to was, like, your Arnold Schwarzenegger, your Sylvester Stallone, like, big, muscular men fighting off. So the idea, like, Buffy, like, they couldn't write damsel in distress. They could only put Willow in yeah. So, and then most of the men Buffy dated were your angel, your spike, or whatever, um, they could take care of themselves. So they had to create this Dawn, which Dawn was always getting into trouble. Dawn was like Lois Lane, constantly finding herself into trouble. And they had to have that like emotional connection to be like Buffy Saber. But yeah. that was one that like a lot of people were like, no, that was kind of that yeah. was pretty bad. I find, yeah, I mean, it's so common for shows to uh, remove a sister or a character like yeah. they do in Family Matters. But um, this is just. I mean, it isn't even like, oh, hey, your sister that, you know, you and, you know, are divorced, that I divorced your father, like, or I have this child. They don't even, it's just like, no, this has been your sister for four seasons. And Buffy rotated ca- through cast. They had the regulars, but they rotated cast because I think they realized, like, for them constantly being in trouble. So there's a lot of characters that die um, or move away or whatever, like, opening episode. It's a group of four, like Xander's best friend dies, yeah. Um, as you saw, and so they kind of had to go through that. Adding Dawn, yeah, was kind of. I, I also give. I'm also very sympathetic to anyone that has to write 22 episodes. Yeah. Seven season longs, like That's interesting. You kind of had to take some gambles. Yeah, air episode. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Uh, so I, I watched Gossip Girl. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched mm-hmm. most of it except the last season, and I had no idea that that's that Michelle Trachtenberg comes from Buffy. Uh, I just thought they were always be like Michelle Trachtenberg guest stars. I'm like, great. Who the heck is she? I've from never Pete heard of her. Pete too. Okay, so she. Show. I probably I probably recognize. She had her from a solid one. like fifteen years. Like keep collecting them checks. Like yeah, no, she I mean, kept getting those. She people loved. I think she plays a character called Georgina Sparks in Gossip Girl. And she was on Europe. People trip. loved her. Um, I've seen that, and I didn't know that was her. Yeah, and so I think like, and she'll still be one of those ones that like they'll be like, uh, who wore best things. Like she'll be in Cosmo once or twice a year. Are Some you reading Cosmo a lot? Um, 
Uh, yeah, what else are you doing in a doctor's waiting room? Um, but yeah, I think she's still like a household name for really not doing. She didn't star in anything. Yeah, like, yeah, she hasn't been the series star. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I know her name. She's uh, still not. Um, anything else just about the series? Uh, well, what I like to do, uh, first of all, anything else you want to say, and then I have something I like to end each episode with. Do you like to talk about God? Uh, no. No, it's Pete Holmes, and he doesn't no, remember. No, so. I don't. Um, so one fun fact, the last one while researching, um, Josh hated himself. He wrote the jerk angel scene, which is, like, so bro-y, so asshole-ish, yeah, like, though. Like, for me. I do my thing. He's like, oh, this, you just don't know, man. Last night proved it. Yeah. Um, you weren't that good. Uh, he, like, loathed writing that because he wanted the show to, like, be show like different sides the main characters not be that and he was like but he needed something to quickly escalate like quickly create make the audience hate angel and um he wrote that and he said like he's like i loathe myself writing that scene because he was like now i get to hurt this character i created got it uh good fact to know so good fact um uh, last thing i typically ask all of my guests and you know i've had so many uh, but i like to ask Take, you've got 30 seconds, okay, the next 30 seconds, and you give your case for why someone out there should uh, binge watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I, I'll call you basically at around 30 seconds, so. Can I ask you a question while I think of my pitch? No. Okay. Here we go. This is it. Why should I watch Buffy? Uh, right now, you have a f- strong female lead uh, who doesn't need a male character to basically kick ass for seven straight seasons. Um, it's someone that actually shows the emotional toll of being a hero. Very much like Spider-Man. If you're a fan of Spider-Man, um, definitely check out Buffy because it's someone balancing their regular life with uh, their moral objectives and that's seven seasons of what that the toll that takes on a person. You still had 10 seconds left. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's phenomenal. Still phenomenal, like, social media. She is an, like, an annoying celeb. Like, um, but yeah. I think it's... If you cherry-pick five episodes from every season, maybe watch one through three and then watch a couple throughout, you're good. Got it. Uh, I actually also learned from social media that Sarah Michelle Gellar is uh, good friends with Shannon Doherty uh, in real life. Uh, they are still mm-hmm. fr- They are good friends to this day. And, uh, you know, that's from my favorite teen series. So, um, you know, that's just interesting. That's a really fun fact. (laughs) It is. I I had no clue. That is the payoff. I don't have viewers. For your listeners, that is the payoff for getting But I had no clue that those two were friends. I was so excited to learn that. And it made me uh, want to really... uh, Start watching Buffy. Not not you watch. That's Buffy. it. That's what sells you. That's your three. Yeah. Anyone from that? If anyone I knows know a, a character from nine hundred two one zero? A character? No. An actress, Stephen. Oh, fun fact: six degrees of separation. So Eliza Dushku went on this sh- a show called True Calling. Yep, with Jason um, Priestley. Yep. Damn it! <laughs> I beat you to it. You beat me. Um, well, that's that's all we have today, uh, Stephen. Thank you so much for. Coming, I know you have a busy schedule traveling I mean, the world. Thanks for buying me tacos tonight. I made it worth it. That's right. Um, Steven, as you guys listen to, he is the expert on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He has 
got all of gotten all of his knowledge by watching the episodes and reading things on the internet. Um, so you can ask your questions by googling them, or you can send me an email at mightctv at gmail.com. I just stick to the wikia page. <laughs> yeah, you need some site traffic, so go to his website. No, I don't. Uh, the site is coming mightctv.com. But uh, otherwise, send me a big email and let me know your thoughts on today's show. Thank Have you a for great tuning one. in to Bye. our episode of Might See TV. I'm Brian Finley, and you can learn more about us by visiting mightctv.com. And if you like today's show, please share with your friends on Facebook. Or heck, just tell someone about it in person. We look forward to you joining us next time. Thanks.